One of our favorite punishments to raise money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. I don't know why we're punishing people. Seems like a good thing. We're over $700,000, but we're going to punish people. Sean will talk about video games until we hit a certain goal. So we'll do that later this hour. Stay tuned. We like every week the opportunity to talk with Lon He Chen. He's a David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution. And he's the host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. You see him on various big-time shows all the time on the TV because he's got that TV look. Lon He, welcome to the show. What's up? Hey, great to be with you this morning. You know, I'm I'm exhausted by a lot of the political stuff. I kind of declared yeah. I kind of declared last hour after Tucker Carlson went on TV last night and said, "Look, we reached out to Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and said you can come on for the full hour, the full week if you want to, because we want to get to the bottom of this. If if the biggest crime in American history has occurred, a stolen presidential election, let's lay out the facts, let's get to the root of it." They um, they said no thanks. They took a pass on being on the number one cable show in America. To me, that story yeah. is over. Uh, in my mind, I, I wasn't believing it anyway, but to me, that story is over. And uh, I'm not that interested in talking about it. Do you have anything to say about it? Because we don't have to. I, I don't. And I, and I think, Jack, your view is absolutely right. That, you know, look, they, they're not uh, able and willing to provide uh, evidence in the, in the course of those conversations on TV. By the way, those lawyers aren't willing to, to lie to judges either. You know, in, in time after time, when judges have asked for evidence, they haven't been able to produce it. So I'm, I'm pretty done with the story, too. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think there's a few that want to continue to pour gas on the fire. I, I just don't see the rationale. Let's all move on and try and do it constructively. That's my view. I, um, I wanted Trump to win. I worry about all kinds of different things that can occur in a Biden administration. But, 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 but that's over. But do you have any idea what the end game is politically? Because they got to know that they're not going to overturn the election. So what's the, and so we accomplished this. I mean, what's their, what are they going to get out of it? I think a few things. I think, first of all, Trump wants to be perceived as, as fighting all, all the way through this. I you get know, that. that. He was sort of fighting for people. And, and even on the way out, you know, he wants to demonstrate that to preserve his options, whether that's to run again, uh, which I'm, I'm still skeptical he'll do, or, or just to create a media empire or just to have credibility with those who supported him. So I think that's part of it. In terms of the timing on all of this, look, states are beginning to certify their elections. Georgia uh, certified theirs after a full recount yesterday. Uh, states have deadlines between now and the first week of December to certify their elections. And once a state certifies, that's it, right? The, the ball game's basically over. There is this strange play that that they have going on in Michigan where they want to get the state legislature to overturn the the actual vote of the people, which I think is a ridiculous notion. Uh, but but for the most part, I think most of these shenanigans are going to cool down here over the next couple of weeks, and, and then it'll be clear. So a bigger picture problem, because that's enough of that. Do we have four parties that are pretending to be two parties? and uh, Or has that always been the case? Because there's always been the liberal wing of the Democrats or the... Yeah. You know, the um, uh, various groups over the years on the right that cared way more about fiscal conservatism than the rest of the Republicans. But it seems like there's more of a four party look to the two parties than I remember. You know, it's a great point because the, the two major parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, have always been a somewhat delicate coalition. If you think about Republicans, you have social conservatives, national security conservatives, economic conservatives. But now, you know, even that coalition has fractured. The economic conservatives have split. You've got some who who believe in more government involvement, some who believe in less. And then amongst the Democrats, you're right. You have a 
a smaller moderate wing, which appears to be led by Joe Biden and others. And then you've got a much more vocal progressive wing that, you know, the, the favorite thing of the progressive left these days, I, I've, been, I've been shocked actually at how much they've attacked other Democrats. They have been on the attack against Biden, even for some of the White House staff he's named, you know, relatively anonymous positions, important, but, but relatively anonymous to most Americans. You got the progressive left, the sunshine movement. They're all up in, in arms over this. Uh, and, and, and so it's interesting to see you do have this delicate coalition on the left, delicate coalition on the right. And whether it actually fractures, you know, I, I think the Republican Party is closer to that than the Democratic Party is just because the Republicans lost the White House. And when you're out of power from the White House, there tends to be a little bit more of that fracturing. But it'll be interesting to see how these parts of the movement kind of get on. I think the left will hold together for at least a little while here after Biden takes office. But, boy, after the midterm elections, all bets are off. Yeah, a single-digit spread in the House and, you know, close to 50-50 in the Senate and, then, and with a different party than the president, that's 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 something. It'll be see, interesting to see how that turns out. We're talking with Lon He Chen, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, and you see him on various the big Sunday shows on a regular basis. He's a big deal, this Lon He Chen. Um, we're lucky that he comes on with us now and then. Um, I wonder if Biden isn't going to run into some real headwind on some of these shutdowns, particularly the school stuff. You see the way people are reacting in New York. Um, yeah. You know, people are reading the papers. They're looking at the actual science on, on the school shutdowns. And, the, you know, all the experts are saying you can shut down. It's uh, I mean, you can open up the school. You can do it. It's OK. So if it becomes even more clear to more people that it's the teachers unions jerking the chains, I don't know how Biden's going to handle that. Well, that part of the story, uh, Jack, is still relatively untold, I feel like. I think that the role that the major teachers unions have played in precipitating these school shutdowns, when people recognize how much power these guys have in politics in big states like California and New York, they're going to be outraged because the, the impact on our kids, I mean, you know, a lot of our kids who've been involved in online schooling, they have, if not lost a year of schooling, they've, they've been set back by this period of time. Now everybody's in the same boat. But the, but the teachers unions do bear some culpability here, particularly in the big cities, L.A., uh, uh, San Francisco. You go to New York, uh, the teachers unions have played a role. By the way, you know, in New York, they had this thing where they said, look, if the test positivity rate climbs above 3 percent, we're going to shut down the schools. What is the difference between a 2.9% positivity rate and a 3.1% positivity rate? I mean, obviously, you've got a few more positives, but does that really precipitate or does that really necessitate the shutting down of all these schools, putting millions of kids who don't have access to Internet and don't have access to, to you know, daycare so that they're able to be watched when they're doing the schooling? Is that really the right thing to do? And then you look at California, a state where the major school districts still have not really said what their plan is to bring kids back into school. It's unconscionable. And then, of course, you have a governor who, who, who's dining out at French Laundry, sending his kids to private school while everybody else is suffering through uh, now a curfew, a, a nightly curfew in California. So it's, you, you know, I think in addition to the, to the teachers unions and the entities that have really made it harder for kids to go back to school, the hypocrisy of a lot of these politicians is going to continue to be something that will irk voters for years to come. I you know, I don't want a rocky road for the country or anything like that, but it's Joe Biden could be stepping into an economic mess that hits him all of a sudden, um, and and a COVID mess and a pushback on these shutdowns and everything. He he could really be walking into a buzzsaw, couldn't he? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a scenario I'd, I'd want to walk into. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of tough challenges. Um, I, I will say this. I think that a number of people on the Biden team who are coming in, you know, I may disagree with their politics or disagree with their policy uh, prescriptions, but, but these are competent people, you know, and I think that the team he's bringing in, they will be able to, to manage the crisis. Now, they're going to manage it with the tools and with the policies they want, and they may be a little bit more prescriptive than I'd like, but I think they will have a plan. But it's going to be a lot to deal with. I'm very concerned about the economy, Jack. I'm very concerned about where we're headed yep. in, in, in terms of people being laid off, yep. businesses continuing to close. And as these lockdowns get more aggressive, that we're going to go back to a scenario where March and April uh, are going to be the norm for a few months. And I just don't think that that's something that a lot of businesses and a lot of Americans are going to be able to handle economically. Yeah, I think we've put off the pain of what we've been doing for the last uh, nine months. And it's going to hit at some point, And it could be really ugly. Um, one final question with Alon Chen before we let him go, and it flitted out of my head because I'm over fifty. Um, <laughs> once you hit fifty, once you hit fifty, the questions start flitting out of your head. The Biden and uh, but, oh, can he pull off not actually doing any real press conferences? Harris has had zero, which is unprecedented yeah. in modern history, and he's had you know when he has them there, somebody to the side of the stage choosing questions, and they're all softballs. Yeah, you know, this is one th- one element of the modern presidency that, that, that I wish there would be more of, which, you know, and I think I think Trump, for to, to his credit, you know, he was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty freewheeling when it came I'd to say. sometimes. But 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 on on the Biden team, I think once they take office, the, the expectations are going to increase, I would hope. In terms I of hope them so. To, you know, take you some questions. But you know what? One thing we know for sure, Jack, there's a double standard in terms of the way the media treats Republicans and Democrats. And and that is something that I think has caused a lot of Americans to lose faith in conventional media. It's there needs to be some trust restoration there. And I think the media organizations need to recognize that, you know, essentially most of their viewer base now. Well, I, I think they do recognize this, which is why they've gotten progressively more liberal uh, CNN and, and MSNBC in particular. I think they just recognize where their viewer base is and they're going to where their viewer base is. But that's not how the media in this country should run. The media should be an independent entity that Americans trust, whether they're conservative or liberal, and that's just not what we have now. Yeah, I think that ship has sailed, unfortunately. Uh, we appreciate his time every single week. Lon Hee Chen, host of the podcast. Check it out sometime. Crossing Lines with Lon Hee Chen. Thank you. Appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jack. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Oh, thank you. You too. Um, yeah. Well, so uh, you ready, Sean? I mean, do you think you can talk about video games for a couple of minutes without uh, preparing or writing anything out? You're asking, <laughs> you're like Sheriff Andy Taylor asking if Barney's ready to put his bullet in. Like, <laughs> I, I have been champing at the bit for months, waiting for this moment. Uh, we'll try to hit a mini goal for the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We'll tell you where we are. Also, some there, there's some new news on how they're going to get the vaccine out to us, because that's rolling out here in the next couple of weeks. Some of us are going to be getting jabbed in the arm soon. All that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
Hey everybody, Joe Getty here. I'm actually off today, but I wanted to leave you with a couple thoughts on the final day of our Warrior Foundation Freedom Station uh, Radiothon fundraiser, whatever you want to call it. Thanks, first of all, everybody who's donated for your generosity and your patriotism. It really is moving and fantastic. Uh, we make our living making wisecracks about the news, but we're not joking when we say you've done a great thing by donating. And those of you who are about to or are thinking maybe you're going to donate more, do it at armstrongandgetty.com. But take a minute at some point after you've given to go to warriorfoundation.org and click around on the website and look at the pictures, the videos, read the descriptions, and understand you did that through your contributions. You helped that young man with traumatic brain injury. That guy with pride and strength shining from his face, even though he's missing several limbs, you helped to do that by supporting the programs. So be proud of yourself, be proud of your country, be proud of these American heroes, and understand we all serve our country together. It's not for them or for us, it's for all of us. So again, thank you. God bless you and give as generously as you can at armstrongandgetty.com. That's Joe Getty from Beyond the Grave. No, what? no, he's he's not dead. That was uh, Dominic, our old producer, who's dead. We had Dominic from Beyond the Grave. Joe's still very much alive. He's just he's traveling. Thriving. He's just he's traveling today. He's on vacation. Um, he had a particularly sucky go of it. Um, he hasn't complained about this really on the air, but. After raising three kids and, like, not doing the stuff that you do when you're raising kids because you're so busy with raising kids all the time, they were going to have their, him and Judy, like, now we're going on vacations, now we're going to concerts, now we're doing this, now we're doing that. And it all was scheduled and already booked and everything like that, and the coronavirus hit, and all of it got canceled. Just a bad timing. But, you know, a lot of people have had some bad things happen to them, uh, a lot worse than that, um, uh, during the last nine months, and that will continue and um, a lot of our warriors out there who got, uh, you know, limbs blown off fighting wars to protect your freedom, they need the help of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, and we're raising money for that. Now, the the money has come in faster than we even had thought. We had an original goal of $500,000. We're at seven hundred and forty now. What? Yeah, seven hundred and forty. dollars uh, An aggressive scent just gave $100. <laughs> Prescription jugs dropped 25 bucks. Lisa Kudrow's awkward interviews in for 10. Oh, that was the worst. That was the worst interview I've ever done. Lisa! Lisa! Oh, God, I love you, Lisa. I blame myself completely. Um, Chinese Children's Orchestra Butcher 2001, a Space Odyssey theme song donated $10. You have to listen early on Monday mornings to understand that one. But we're going to try to raise uh, a chunk of money right now. So we're at about $740. we are going to try to get to $750. This is what we do. It's a carrot and stick approach. This is the stick. Sean is stretching. Sean is going to talk about video games, and he will not stop talking about video games until we get to $750,000. To donate, you just go to armstrongandgetty.com. The computer always seizes up, but go to armstrongandgetty.com. Get out your credit card. Sean, talk about video games. All right. So we uh, we will be talking today about League of Legends. Now, oh boy. World's just wrapped up, which means it is time for them to launch their new seasons. New seasons means new items, new balance changes, and this was a big one. We got I a bunch already of new, have no idea what he's talking about. We have a bunch of new mythic items that I'm going to be going over and telling you which champions you should be using these on should you want to compete oh, in Lord. the League of Legends video games. First up, we have Gale Force. Now, I'm sorry. Right, we're at 748. We're so close. This okay. is going to be over soon, I think. Uh, no, no, take your time, people. It's 
it's fine. I got lots to say here. So we're working on the marksman mythics, right? Now, these are your range damage dealers, the gale force. This is going to help you. What the hell is he talking about? You're gonna, this is going to help you with your mobility, right? You're going to be able to dash around, maybe move some of the skill shots people are trying to hit you with, hopefully dodge some CC. You allows you. we have mostly grown-ups listening. Allow you to, everybody plays video games, Jack. Uh, allows you to consistently deal damage Go as your role. Go Getty.com, please, child. Now, this this item costs 3,400 gold. It is. Uh, it gives you attack damage, attack speed, and some critical chance. 749 and, and a half. We really only, you are a child. We really only need $500, and we can stop this madness. And the Zephyr Strike, is it? that's the dash. That's the activated ability on the item that you're going to want to use. It's got a decent cooldown on it, 90 what seconds. What in the hell is he talking about? So, so you're going to want to be careful when you use it. Ding, you, ding, 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 I only got we to one item. We made it to item. 750. Ta-da! There's like 12 more items to get to. That's a crying shame. Maybe next year. Joe's sad trombone teacher jumped in with $25. The King of Black Friday jumped in with 25 bucks. Absolutely love it. Those of you who are donating money. Bigfoot's long, beautiful hair is in for $10. <laughs> Fantastic donations at armstrongandgetty.com. Keep them coming in. We'll do another total soon. I don't even know what our goal is now. Uh, we blew way by past the $500,000, so we'll keep her rolling. Uh, we got some news coming up on how they're going to get the COVID out and who gets it first, and a great idea for opening the schools that I hadn't thought of yet. This might be the answer to all the problems of distance learning. We might actually finally have an answer. Literal no more video game talk donating $100. <laughs> Fantastic. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We still see a majority of Americans questioning whether the vaccine is going to be safe and effective. So I just, one of the reasons why I'm here on the show with you this morning, uh, Truth in Lending, is just to put a face behind what we're doing. Dr. Salawi and I have been partnered, uh, co-leading this effort for the last six months. Everything we do is about providing safe and effective vaccines to the American people. We started with the development, manufacturing. Uh, we have taken no shortcuts to this end. It has been a well-regulated and accounted for process uh, that we are ensuring occurs the right way. Yeah, that's the general that's in charge of Operation Warp Speed. Maybe you saw him on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago. He's a very impressive guy. Um, it's really awful that, I don't know if you saw Governor Cuomo of New York said yesterday, two things are driving this, money and ego. Really? Not a desire to come up with a solution to one of the worst catastrophes that's happened in the world's history? That can't be enough of it. It's just money and ego. It's just money from the pharmaceutical companies and Trump's ego, according to Governor Cuomo, that's driving this. That's outrageous. This and, guy, this coming from a guy who just wrote a book. Yeah, and exactly. Very good point. Yeah, very good point. Writing a book for money um, before people catch on to what a fraud he is. But the problem with that is I, I don't care what, you know, governors of various states say or, you know, ignore politicians. But him saying that the people who do like him are less likely to take the dang vaccine. That's not good. Uh, very maddening. But anyway, just a couple of weeks, they're going to start rolling these things out and more people are coming up with this idea of make teachers get them first. If the teachers get the dang vaccine, the only argument 
and I think it's a phony argument anyway. It's a teachers' union strong arm thing. But the the argument they're using for it's too dangerous to be in the classroom goes away. You vaccinate the teachers, schools are back open again. That should be the highest priority. I mean, right up there with the hospital workers and everything else right there. you got to get the teachers going. So there are four states that have ordered schools to provide in-person schooling. Only four. Texas, Arkansas, Iowa, and Alabama. Their schools are all open and have been the whole time. The rest of the country has got all kinds of different things going on with the local school districts currently. Forty percent of students are entirely virtually learning. Forty percent, no classroom at all. Then another about a quarter that are on the hybrid thing where you go in like Monday afternoon, then you're off Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, the hybrid thing that is better than nothing, but still not that great. So that gets you to two thirds of students. And the other third is probably private schools and homeschooling, right? Um, So that's a lot of kids out there that are not getting the education that they're supposed to get. So getting the teachers the shot would be huge. I'm reading for the dispatch right now. Um, Child care plans are being thrown into turmoil, of course. This is all, uh, the reason they wrote this was New York shutting down their schools again yesterday. The biggest school district in the country, after being open for eight weeks, is shut back down again. In a lot of ways, the opening for eight weeks and shutting back down is worse than if you'd have never opened up. Because, you you know, you, you did, you, your babysitter went on to do other things, or you started to go back to your job, or whatever. And it's just that more crazy in your life to try to get things going. With child care plans thrown into turmoil... Jobs threatened and children forced to sit through ineffective online classes. And they've got a link to the various articles that show that it doesn't work. These classes are ineffective. That's been my experience in every single parent that I've talked to. Many parents and families are asking whether shutdowns are in fact necessary. An economist at Brown University who has studied school openings and the effects on coronavirus transmission rates Uh, was interviewed and said schools themselves do not seem to be the source of a lot of spread, pointing out that test positivity rates in schools tend to be similar to the rates in the larger community. In other words, they did a test in Rhode Island, for example. They found that the positivity rate of in-person learners was the same of kids that are remote learners. It's just in the community at a certain rate, whether you stay at home and learn or whether you go into the school and learn. The school does not increase the transmission. It's just roughly the same. There's data that backs that up. Those of you who want to follow the science. As of Monday, New York City schools had tested 140,000 students. The positivity rate among that group was 0.23%. Yet they closed down schools. Um, so I love this idea of giving the teachers the, the shot first. Now, are the teachers unions going to come up with some reason why they can't do that? Why they can't get the uh, the inoculation and uh, get back in the schools? This could be the answer to the whole school thing. Because I think the vast majority of parents will go ahead and send their kids to school. I personally don't know a single parent who wouldn't send their kid to the school if it was open. I just, you know Maybe you all exist. You can text me if you want, but I don't know them. Uh, it's the teachers that are slowing it down. So get the teachers a shot, get them back in school. That's what we've got to do. We need to make that like the national priority over the next 60 days as they roll out the vaccine, I think. And I hope they do. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. We should check in and see where we are with the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We haven't done an update in a while or checked in on some what, what some of the wacky people donating are. 
We got $5 each from Gavin's dinner party guests, which obviously is $50 because there were 10 guests there. <laughs> um, Gavin Newsom gets his highlights done at Walmart, donated $100. Yeah, I don't know that you know that. $10 from Close Yourself, You Gonorrhea-Laden Harlot. What? I remember Joe saying that about somebody, but I don't remember what the story was. A bad dude gave 25 bucks. Uh, earthquake. Having an earthquake contributed 25. Thank you very much. We have a shaving my legs in the pool <laughs> with uh, $25 as well. <laughs> Tasty Donut Temptations with 50. Last Ooh. minute last minute Halloween costumes. Yes. Um, let's see. Newsom's Michelin starred gubernatorial ejection seat with 50 bucks. Family of Vets, $100. Shout out to the family of Vets out there. Um, I think you recall uh, that governor in Michigan, Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo, and then you start some sort of reality show where they live in a house together or something like that, and we watch them date and argue. Um, uh, so let's get a total. Gladys, if you could hit the drum roll, see where we are currently on our way to hit 500000 We're currently at... $786,294. So I think we're going to get to five hundred. I think so. Seven what did you say? Seven eighty six. Wow. Okay, so Sandy, who you're going to hear from uh, a little bit later, she's the 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 founder of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, and her story of how she got came up with the idea, and I mean she 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 deserves sainthood for getting this thing going and running it as efficiently as she does. One of the most efficient charities in America, doing good work for our warriors. But we're going to hear from her. She wants to set the goal now at a million. I don't think we can get to a million in the last hour and 15 from 780. But the rate we've been growing so far today, we could. I, I hate to rely on the thieving podcasters because of their thieving nature and such. But <laughs> but uh, you guys may need to push us over the finish line there. That's right. You've been stealing from us for years. To me, it's the same as if you walked up behind me on the street and hit me with a blackjack. Knocked me to the ground and took my money out of my pocket. Listening to the podcast instead of the radio show. I see no difference. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you you owe us a little money for, you know, a couple of hours of entertainment, uh, in theory. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. Boy, a million dollars. If we if you, because all we do is tell you about it, you're the ones who raise the money. If, if you come up with a million dollars in four days and four hours, because it's not really five days. You started it Monday morning, and you got four days, and then just this show today. A million dollars, that would be astounding. There are much, much, much bigger foundations and radio shows and stuff like that that can come close to raising that kind of money. Remarkable. It is remarkable. Go to armstrongandgetty.com and donate it. We, we streamlined it. It only takes a couple of minutes. Like we said, they're as careful with the money as any charity in the world is. It's fantastic. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. So we're raising money for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, which you're about to hear what it's all about from somebody who's benefited from that amazing organization. We're raising money. We've got uh, last-minute Halloween costume ideas in for $100. Unused beer fund, 300 bucks. Appreciate that. Uh, a donation of $250 from Hornswaggling Cracker Croaker. <laughs> the math checks out. In with 25 Nice. 25 bucks. That's funny. I wake up with sleep injuries every day. 
with a hundred dollars. Well, that's a crying shame. It's telling me something I got to look forward to. I think that was a reference to my ankle hurting the other day for I, no reason at I all. I think so. Uh, we'll have to do a total here in a little bit. But what is Warrior Foundation Freedom Station? Well, you're about to find out. We're talking to Lance Corporal Jesse Williamson, U.S. Marine Corps retired, uh, yet another one of the uh, the brave, patriotic uh, men who have been helped by Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Uh, Jesse, how are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Excellent. It's good to talk to you. Uh, we're going to tell just a little bit of your story so so folks can understand more of what uh, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station does. But uh, it was May 2009 in Afghanistan when Jesse was responding to a troops in contact call uh, that had already turned deadly. When his Humvee was hit by an improvised uh, explosive device, uh, his fellow Marines were able to save his life. But then, as we understand it, the battle to save your legs began. And how many how many surgeries did you have, Jesse? Uh, from the time I, I was blown up, I, I probably went through about 40-some surgeries on, oh my, on my legs. And, yeah, so uh, I, they tried to save them. They did, they did limb salvage, uh, and then I kind of got some infections, and then uh, they're pretty much just too mangled, really, to save, and it was just a better quality of life for me to get them amputated, so I decided to get them amputated. Uh, how, were, how, how old were you at that point? Uh, 20 years old. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think it helps our listeners understand because you guys are you're tough, you're strong, you're smart, but I'm sure the older you get, the more you realize how young you were at the time. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, there you are in a hell of a spot. You're 20 years old, you're a double amputee, and you're wondering how you're going to transition into life. Is that where the Freedom Station came into your life? Yeah, you know, actually, uh, Sandy... Uh, yeah, you'll hear mentions of Sandy. Sandy is Sandy Lemkuller, the founder of Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Sandy came into my life when I first got to the hospital, and basically they they would come see us every single day. They would bring us uh, food or cards, or um, they'd make dinners for us on Thursdays where we, we'd go down to the lounge, or they'd take us on uh, like these trips. So that's basically where I uh, met Sandy, honestly. That's where Sandy came into my life. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And what does that do for your morale to know that and and your like your energy? Because I can't even imagine what forty surgeries is like. You had to get pretty down at times. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it's. I mean, it's still. Uh, I guess I still kind of go through those moods every once in a while. Um, but to be able to have Sandy and um, the the other people there, we call them our moms. Uh, um. I don't even know. Honestly, yeah. they did so much. They did so much for me, and uh, couldn't could never pay them for what they did. So I really appreciate them. And and now you're a guy who calls Freedom Station a second family, and you're pursuing a degree in criminal justice. I mean, that's that's quite a story. Hey, so I see this in your bio. I got to ask you this: You've competed. You're into dirt bike racing, and you wanted to get back into it. With no legs, you've competed in the Baja 1000, Baja 500, and Baja 250, the first double-leg amputee to ever do this. How does that work? How do you do that? Uh, well, I kind of grew up racing dirt bikes, so um, when I got back from Afghan and I was at the hospital, I was just, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to ride a dirt bike again. So uh, I went out and bought a dirt bike, and I started riding, and then, I got asked by a couple of couple different other foundations if I wanted to be a part of uh, be a part of them and go down and race in Mexico. And I was 
you know, I wasn't really doing anything. I was kind of retired just sitting at the house. I was like, why not? Give me something to do. So I started training a lot. And, yeah, I don't know. I actually did the 1,000 twice and then wow. 500 and then the 250. Wow. Meanwhile, you're uh, playing for the men's adaptive golf team at the University of Arizona. Other than that, what do you do? <laughs> uh, shoot, I don't know. I go to school, I work out, and uh, play golf. That's about it right now, and ride a little bit. It sounds like kicking ass 24-7, more or less. Uh, Jesse, we really appreciate talking to you, and we just really, really hope we and our listeners especially can can help Warrior Foundation Freedom Station reach more guys and, and help more guys uh, transition back. Have you had a chance to watch guys after you come through and, and see what it's done for them? Yeah, uh, I got. I mean, I know everybody. It's kind of like a small community. So um, just being able to see, I know, like, um, I'm like, I don't really have too bad of a TBI, but some of us from our explosions, uh, our TBIs, and they kind of, I don't want to say just, they act a little differently from uh, a regular civilian. So the transition that I see from the guys coming out of Freedom Station is like is amazing. My buddy Timmy Reed, who he first got shot in the leg and then healed up, went back, then got blown up, and then you can kind of see he like his TBI is a little worse than most. But now he actually has a family. He went to school, so he's kind of he's slowly like kind of re recoming or rebuilding back into like just a regular civilian again. So it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, Jesse, we really appreciate the time and your service. Uh, thanks for helping out. No worries. Thank you. An amazing story. We've heard so many of them on why Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is a good place to, you know, give a little money this time of year. Um, and and we have toured it many times and talked to so many of these guys. And uh, you do that. Well, actually, you talk to one of these guys in person one time, and you will uh, you'll always remember the work Warrior Foundation Freedom Station does because it's pretty impressive. We're trying to raise five hundred thousand uh, dollars this week. We thought maybe we could. Turns out we can't raise $500,000. We can raise about $800,000 so far. We'll get a total here pretty soon. I hear a whale in the distance. A whale? Oh, they're splashing around. I believe they call that breaching, Jack. We have Janelle and Mark teaming up for a $1,000 donation. Michael with 1000 Janice with 1200 Another Michael with 1000 Uh Pam with 1000 Marsha with $1,000. they are uh, surrounded by whales. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic, and that's greatly appreciated from people that, you know, you can afford it, you had a good year or whatever. But, you know, if 100 people give 10 bucks, that's 1000 too. And Marshall's sixth push-up donated $13. <laughs> I believe I also have $25 from Marshall's 11th push-up, so it's good to see that they're all chipping in. Yeah, those push-ups are like Bigfoot. They don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall Phillips, our old news guy, how long did he work on trying to get to 10 push-ups? That, well, that was an ongoing thing for a year? It was a New Year's year? resolution right. for him. Uh-huh. And we gave him, I think, until July. So it was from Jan- So it was about seven months. You know, at the time, and this was several years ago now. How long ago has it been? Because we're coming up on New Year's again. Two years ago, maybe? Something like that, yeah. And we mocked the fact that he couldn't do 10 push-ups. And then we wondered, can we do 10 push-ups? And Joe and I both got down and did 10 push-ups. I could at the time. I'm not sure I still can. 
I'm not sure I can do 10 push-ups. Maybe that'd be a good mini goal for a Warrior Foundation next hour. See if I can do 10 push-ups. Uh, you've been you've been playing tag with kids <laughs> and wrestling with young people. I think you're underestimating dad's strength. But the the Marshall thing that was so entertaining was he never got to three, did he? He got to like <laughs> four and a quarter, maybe. <laughs> Joe, who's not here, who is watching it, claims it was three. <laughs> I was the official counter. Maybe I would three. round up quite uh, quite liberally. <laughs> oh, God dang, that's funny. So in honor of that and everything else, go to uh, armstrongandgetty.com to donate. We have time to hit a total. Hit a total real quick. Gladys, drum roll, please. What are we at currently? $815,360. I, I, I'm blown away every time I refresh the page. 815 we we got another hour. Some of you are leaving us, but maybe you can catch the podcast or armstrongandgetty.com. Planning to another... fall short next Thursday, contributing $250. <laughs> um, we, uh, we might actually hit a million dollars in four days in one show, which is astonishing. It's astonishing that y'all are that giving, and we definitely appreciate it. And it's a good cause. I, I feel real good about it. Humbled by your generosity. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong and Getty Team National Treasures donated $75. That's... That's going a little far. Um, <laughs> Fueled by the grape with a hundred bucks. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, we're going to talk to the uh, founder, the person who came up with the whole idea for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Next hour, we got clips of the week. We got more Joe playing classic rock tunes on the trombone to try to raise money, which is pretty hilarious. As he is on vacation, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna soldier on, and we're gonna talk about Bootin, the governor of California, out of office for being so incredibly. Full of hubris. I mean, just to a level that you should not put up with. So Marie Antoinette will get her come up and some among other things on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Just go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. Armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.